New opportunity this week for TCU football. They take on Iowa State, a chance to get back on track. We'll talk about the keys to the game. Also, Frogs land a commit for the 2025 class. All that and more coming up next here on Locked on Horn Frogs. You are Locked on Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. That's right, Lockdown Home Frogs, your team every day. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel if you have. I'd love to get to 950 subscribers uh, soon. We're pushing closer to 1,000 as well. So uh, please subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't done that. You can also subscribe wherever it is you get podcasts in its audio form. Uh, I'm Stephen Simcox, your host. TCU is getting ready to take on Iowa State on Saturday evening, 7 o'clock kickoff. I believe that game is still on FS2. It was like an either FS2 or Fox situation. It depended on the MLB playoffs, but I believe it's going to be on FS2 um, this Saturday evening. I'll try to look that up while we're doing the show today. But a chance for TCU to bounce back. I have been uh, – I've talked a lot about the West Virginia game this week. Usually I kind of turn the page on Tuesday or Wednesday, but just kind of the nature of having a few guests and some other things going on. We spent a lot of time on West Virginia. But the bottom line is – Frogs are three and two. They lost that football game, and now they have a chance to move forward and get a victory. Um, and I know that, like, I've talked a lot about the concerns for this group and the idea of, well, what's going to happen when you play Texas and Kansas State and Oklahoma? And those, I mean, those are real concerns. Like, TCU is going to have to get better before they hit the stretch run of games. But the bottom line is this week you play the Iowa State Cyclones on the road in Ames, Iowa. And if the games down the stretch between those big name teams are actually going to mean something. You have to win your next two games, like mean something in the context of a conference title race or things like that. Then you have to beat Iowa state. You have to beat BYU. And it starts with Iowa state on Saturday. So Iowa state under Matt Campbell, they're two and three this year. They're coming off a loss to Oklahoma by a score of 50 to 20, um, breaking in a new quarterback, Rocco Becht. Um, Hunter Deckers was their starter all last year. He ends up, getting dismissed from the team because of uh, allegedly gambling on some Iowa State games and doing some online sports betting. So Beck on the season, uh, a 60% completion percentage, 1,085 yards, nine touchdowns, five interceptions. He's only been sacked twice. So they've done a good job of keeping him clean. Numbers aren't just jumping off the page. Uh, Cartavius Norton is their leading rusher with 45 carries for 143 yards. They're only, they've only rushed for 483 yards on the season about three and a half yards per carry. Um, and Jalen Noel is their leading receiver with 250 yards receiving on 24 catches. So their offense hasn't lit up the scoreboard this year. Now it does feel like they're doing a better job of playing complimentary football lately. So they started this year with a 30 to nine loss against Northern Iowa, or excuse me, a 30 to nine win against Northern Iowa. And they lost their next two, they lost 20 to 13 to Iowa, lost to Ohio by a score of 10 to seven. Uh, they actually came up with a victory against Oklahoma State, though, scored 34 points in that game and scored 20 points against Oklahoma. So it feels like their offense is finding some more consistency as the year goes on. Um, but they, they have kind of a balanced attack, if you want to call it that. I mean, they're not a team like West Virginia. Like Iowa State always wants to be physical, but this is not a group um, that's just going to try to run the ball down your throat all the time because they haven't necessarily shown the ability 
to do that. So I'll be interested to see sort of what their game plan is against a TCU defense that feels much improved from the first week of the season. But what are going to be the keys to the game for this TCU team? Um, and the first one in my mind is you, you have to find a way to be more efficient in the red zone. Like, and we've talked about this a lot this week. Brandon Coleman's going to be playing, which should help the offensive line, should help them get more push up front. Uh, and even if it's like, even if it's not scoring touchdowns every time, even if it's just getting closer for Griffin Kell to have more makeable field goal attempts, because last week some drive stalled out like inside the West Virginia 40, and it put Griffin in some tough situations where he's kicking a 46 yarder or a 54 yarder. Like, even if it's just getting down to the 15 or 10 yard line instead of stalling out at the 30, TCU has to run the ball better. Chandler Morris needs to make good decisions. Uh, Kendall Bryles has to find a way to be more creative with what they're doing in these scoring situations. And really that starts with doing a better job on first and second down. Putting yourself in a position where you're not in third and 14 or third and 12. You know, avoiding um, these procedure penalties that have been such an issue for this team. Avoiding a four-yard loss on a run play or a two-yard loss on a jet sweep that puts you behind the sticks. Winning first and second down so that you can have more manageable situations on third down because this has not been an offense that has shown a big ability to throw the ball down the field, really at all. They might have one or two plays a game where a receiver catches it, makes somebody miss, and then hits the open field and has a long you know, run after the catch. But they haven't really been able to connect on deep passes through the air. If that suddenly happens this week, that would be fantastic. But given how they've played so far as we're basically halfway through the season – I would just like to see them do a better job on first and second down of winning those battles, of finding ways to uh, to be effective. And the, the good news is this is an Iowa State team. They run a 3-3-5 similar to TCU. Now they're going to bring more pressure than TCU typically does under Joe Gillespie. But they've got eight sacks on the year. Um, so they can get after the quarterback a little bit. But this is not like West Virginia that had such a stout defensive front. Uh, this is a little different situation with an Iowa State team. That is is more trying to keep things in front of them, um, make sure tackles in the open field. And so you would hope that the offensive line has a better opportunity to keep the pocket clean for Chandler Morris. Uh, so better red zone, better red zone efficiency and just efficiency in general. And I think that starts with running the football. You know, we kind of did a lot of hand wringing this week about the identity of this offense. What is it? It doesn't feel like they have one and, and they definitely should by now. But I think they are at their best when they're running the ball downhill with Amani Bailey. Um, and in those in that SMU game, in that Houston game, where sure, there were some points left on the board, but overall I thought the offense played well, and it, it started and really ended with Amani running the ball effectively, putting them in better situations offensively, you know, more convertible situations. And then in the second half, those – those holes started to get bigger. Like the, the run lane started to get wider and he was able to, to break out, get some big runs and start to salt away the clock. So running the ball is going to be a big emphasis. They could not run the ball at all against West Virginia. And it, it became suddenly kind of in the second half, uh, a really uncomfortable situation with Chandler Morris because he was constantly having to roll out the pocket. They were doing a lot of quick game stuff because West Virginia kept bringing pressure and being able to get home or at least get Chandler off his spot and get him in a place where he didn't feel uh, super great about making the throw, whether it be off platform or, or whatever the case may be. 
And so Amani Bailey needs to be able to run the ball well. That's something that TCU is going to have to do effectively this week. Uh, and I, I think they can do it. I think this is, you know, this O-line struggled. Getting Coleman back should help. Hopefully there's just some general improvement. And you want to see the coaching staff come up with a counterpunch here too. Sonny talked about it in his press conference. He said the offense needs to find identity. We have to be better. And so you would hope this week has been a wake-up call for this offensive coaching staff, and they've found some different variations in the run game and some things that they can do to throw defenses off balance. And uh, like Tommy Fisher, who was on the show yesterday, said, you worry now about our teams just going to try to do exactly what West Virginia did, um, put two safeties over the top, squeeze everything in the intermediate passing game, stop the run game. And not everybody has the personnel to do that as well as West Virginia does because they have a very good front seven. But I think a lot of teams are going to try now because they they have seen that the blueprint is there. And then the final key, defensively, I think this team's been really good. Um. The, the corners have been great. Josh Newton and Avery Helm have been fantastic lately. You know, we got beat a little bit, uh, the secondary did, with, with the tight end game against West Virginia, but that's what they do. They're good at using their tight ends across the middle of the field. But they held Garrett Green to not a, a great stat line, um, at least throwing the football. He had some effectiveness running the ball and making plays that way. But the defense, the only, the only thing I'll say that would be a huge lift for this team if you can force some turnovers, and they did this against SMU a couple weeks ago, but if you can force some turnovers and give the offense some some good situations with field position, which I know is kind of its own roll of the dice because we've we've discussed their issues in plus territory and in the red zone, but giving this offense a short field, giving them some confidence, will be you know paramount in this football game. And then again, and they've done a better job of this lately, but. Getting off to a big start is key because this is an Iowa State team that is sort of reeling. It hasn't been the year they wanted to have. Last year was was a struggle as well. But they have a great atmosphere in Ames. That's a really tough place to win football games. And so if you fall behind quickly on the road in a place where that crowd's going to get raucous and rowdy, then it can be an issue because that environment will turn on you really quickly. If, if they can get off to a nice start, though, and keep this game under control, then I like TCU's chances. You just got to win the game in front of you. And then you assess where you're at, you assess the problems, and you try to move forward. But I will always take issues in a win uh, before I'll take issues in a loss. Like, even after those Houston and SMU games where it wasn't a completely clean game or you didn't come away thinking, man, this team's going to go on an amazing run, at least they found a way to win the game. And uh, winning cures all. So find a way to get a victory, be effective on the road against Iowa State, and get this season back on track. When we come back, uh, TCU football has landed another commitment from North Crowley High School, this time for the 2025 class, and he's a quarterback. But will he play quarterback at the next level? We'll talk about that next here on Lockdown Horn Frogs. If you're in the business of hiring people, you know it can be a high-stakes proposition Anytime you hire someone for your small business, go to linkedin.com slash locked on college and post your job for free today. Everybody knows who LinkedIn is. It's where people go to find work. It's where employers go to find the talent that they need. So you might say, well, that can be an overwhelming process. If there's such a large pool of talent, so many people to choose from LinkedIn has uh, simple screening questions and the ability for you to set limits 
on how many people you speak with and talk to. It's going to allow you to narrow down that pool and find the folks that you need for your job. You can add your job to their purple hashtag hiring frame on your LinkedIn profile and spread the word that you're hiring. Uh, That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality candidates versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. We thank LinkedIn for being a sponsor of the Locked On Network. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So TCU has had success lately right down the street in recruiting at North Crowley High School. About 10 miles from TCU's campus, the Frogs landed Sterling Brooks the big 2024 defensive linemen who had interest from SMU and Baylor, among other schools. Uh, they also found, I think, a gym in Julian Knox. Julian was a guy that had played uh, some quarterback at North Crowley. And then he, going into his senior year, which is this season, he's also part of the 2024 class, he moved to DB. They think he's going to be a really good corner. He's long. He's rangy. He put up some crazy testing numbers uh, at, at a TCU camp. North Crowley is number 10 in the state in 6A. It's been a while since a Fort Worth area, Fort Worth ISD school, um, has had this type of success in high school football. They made a deep playoff run last year, and the Frogs landed another player for their 2025 class. So this young man is currently classified as a junior. But Chris Jimerson, Jimerson is currently the starting quarterback at North Crowley, uh, but TCU appears to be recruiting him as a slot receiver He's listed as an athlete. He talked with Mike Roach from 247 Sports and said he's got a good relationship with uh, Coach Doug Meacham, who coaches the inside receivers for the Frogs. Um, his size, I mean, he's kind of undersized. He's a little on the smaller side, 5'10", 170 pounds. Uh, he told Roach, TCU is right by home. They've been showing me love, and they've been showing me that they want me. I just really like the atmosphere here. It's still early in his recruitment. Right now, it looks like his offer list is TCU, Grambling State, and Mississippi Valley State. But listen, I mean, this is a guy that has been electric at the 6A level and as a starting quarterback, was the starting quarterback as a sophomore for a really good team that's making a run in the playoffs uh, at the 6A level, which is super impressive. And he's a great athlete. Um, last season had a big year as, as, a, as a sophomore QB. Uh, he threw for 2,000. 112 yards and 27 touchdowns, and he ran for 378 yards and three touchdowns on 96 carries. So one thing that stood out to me when I was watching him play a little bit, and if, you, if you're curious to find out more about him, so WFAA, they do, a, um, they do a high school game every week, and they might do a couple, but uh, they did the North Crowley Euless Trinity game last week, and North Crowley won that football game, and the whole game's on YouTube. So you can watch Chris play. Um, and play really well in that football game. He's, he's definitely a dual-threat guy. You see why there's interest in him as a wide receiver, 
But you heard that stat line. He threw for over 2,000 yards last year as a passer. And on that first series of the game, North Carolina took a kickoff return for a touchdown, and U.S. Trinity got the ball back. Um, and so they didn't get the ball. North Carolina didn't get the ball in their hands until like midway through the first quarter. But the first drive of the game, I think it was the second play, uh, Jimerson stands in the pocket, steps up, and throws a rope down the middle of the field in between a couple of defenders uh, to a wide receiver who takes it to the house. And, I mean, you see the athleticism, but you also just see the ability to make plays in the pocket, process, and make big-time throws. And so, yeah, I'm just curious to see, you know, how they use him down the road. And there's still a lot of time between now and when he ends up on campus. But I think this is another guy – I know people – you know, he's currently not ranked on, in the 247 Sports composite or on their website. Uh, and TCU has been going after some more under-the-radar guys lately. But this is a guy that's putting up huge numbers at a high level of Texas high school football. And, you know, by the end of his senior year, will presumably be a three-year starter at the quarterback position for a really good team. And so you see the tools. You see the athleticism. Uh, I think this is a great pickup, and it feels like this is a, a player that his recruitment's probably going to blow up and get a lot more attention um, as he continues to grow and develop and play through his high school career. So currently on the 2025 uh, class list, you have Ty Hawkins, who's also a QB uh, from San Antonio. And so sometimes, I mean, taking two quarterbacks in one class is not uncharacteristic. It really feels like, though, Chris Jimerson's going to be more of a wide receiver prospect uh, moving forward, but this is a nice pickup, and it also it just it, it continues to reinforce the idea for a program like North Crowley that's churning out good talent right now. There's a place for you here. You know, we see what you're doing. We recognize the talent that is on this roster um, that's in the program currently, and so this is great news. And it sounds like listening to, to Chris's interview um, and just hearing what he had to say in the quotes that Sterling Brooks and Julian Knox especially Brooks, because apparently he's been close with Brooks for a long time. And again, Mark, Mike Roach from 247 Sports wrote a great article about this. Um, but him and Brooks have been close for a while. They've been playing football since they were young. And so this is just good relational development too. Um, but Hawkins is your more kind of prototypical QB. Uh, and then now you add Jimerson to the fold as well, who's a, a dynamic athlete. And we'll see where he ends up playing in a few years. And then I also got to what Adrian Wilson was committed to TCU at one time. He's now committed to Oregon. I got to actually see Adrian play last week. I cover uh, Temple football. I do, the, I do the broadcast of their games or I help with the broadcast of their games. And so I got to watch Adrian play because he plays for Pflugerville Weiss, which Temple played last week. Uh, and he looks really smooth. Looks very dynamic. Looks like a great athlete. So I don't know what TCU's interest level is at this point or how much they're still communicating with him. He really moved off that TCU commit quickly when Oregon offered. It seemed like that was a school that he was obviously very interested in. So I'm not sure what the what the process will be like for him moving forward, but I'm sure there's still communication happening and they're keeping uh, they're keeping their options open there. But a 2025 commit, 2024 class, not a lot of movement right now on that. It feels like they've kind of gotten the guys that they've targeted, and now you know, unless there's some flips here late, which you you hope there are. Um, I'm not sure how many more players they'll be going after here late in the process, but 2025 class starting to starting to build a little bit now with Ty Hawkins and then Chris Jimerson, again, quarterback at North Crowley um, and has been their QB for about a year and a half at this point, uh, but TCU recruiting him as, as an athlete, specifically at that wide receiver position. Nice job by Doug Meacham getting that commitment in 
early. I think this is a, another player that's going to continue to rise as he gets closer to signing day in December of 2025. When we come back, we'll wrap it up with uh, some audience reaction. It's Locked On Horn Frogs, your team every day. Let's talk about FanDuel, one of my favorite sponsors. Uh, man, if you want to make some money, which I know everybody does, FanDuel is a place to go to bet on some NFL action. You can snap into the NFL season at FanDuel right now. Again, this deal is still going on. FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Place a $5 bet. That's all you got to do. Place a $5 bet and get $200 in bonus bets. Guaranteed. That's $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Whether you win or lose, if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. Uh, you can bet on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Go there today to get on that bonus bet promotion. So here we go. Last segment uh, on a Friday, TCU and Iowa State, that game happening at uh, 7 p.m. Saturday night. Again, Ames, Ames, Iowa, tough place to play. Um, going to be a tough place to uh, to get a dub, but the Frogs should be uh, should be in a good place. And it looks like that game is actually going to be on Fox National. So um, that'll be good for TCU. I mean, a chance to, to go and uh, get a victory. Um, against an Iowa State team that has been struggling lately, um, but typically has been a really good program under Matt Campbell. Feels like Matt maybe should have uh, – well, I think I, I spoke too soon. FS2 is where you can find it. So Fox Sports 2. Sorry, I'm, I've been confusing on that aspect. But Fox Sports 2 uh, is where to find TCU and Iowa State. But still a good opportunity against a, a Matt Campbell coach team to get a victory and get to – four and two on the season. Uh, some of you guys had thoughts on yesterday's episode. Um, Blake Murphy said Tommy nailed it with concerns on what West Virginia figured out at halftime. Campbell is no dummy. Iowa State will be a challenge if our coaches don't learn from last week. Yeah, Iowa State defense has been really solid for a while now. Um, again, they run that 3-3-5 scheme and have done it for a long time. They do it well. I think this offense is, is poised for a bounce back, though. And, you know, we'll see. I feel like I've been adequately critical of, of what the offense did last week. You know, it wasn't – they didn't play well. It wasn't acceptable. Um, but it's an opportunity to go correct it now. That second half against West Virginia, they've had some struggles this year, but that was really the first time that they just put up an absolute clunker. Um, but they still scored 21 points in the first half, and so they showed some ability in that football game. As you said, though, West Virginia made some adjustments – at halftime, really slowed this team down. So, yes, they're going to have to have a counter to that. They're going to have to have an answer to that. Um, and that would be fantastic. Uh, Zoom plays said, remember, Duggan got better as the year went on. He had a breakout year and a breakout game when he beat Texas. Um, Chandler will take it to the next level when he faces Texas. That would be great. I would love to see him take it to the next level before that, though. You know, you got you got some games in front of you before you play. UT, you have a couple games in front of you, in front of you before you play um, Kansas State. And I would love to see Chandler get in a better space, get more confident in this offense, get to a better situation um, before they play, you know, the the better opponents in the Big 12. Can't, you can't really afford any more room for error. Um, Tanner McKinney said he thinks our go-to guy should be J.P. Richardson or Daylon Wright. They're both doing very well. Uh, and when they get the ball, Robinson – 
um, has also been a, a solid option. Yeah, I'm not sure what Jalen's health status is at the moment. I know he was banged up last week, and so he didn't play. But um, he's electric when he gets out there. And I would also – I'm all for J.P. Richardson and Dalen Wright being the guys. I think it might be the case that they are. They've just both been kind of banged up. Wright was, you know, fully back in the mix last week. And uh, from all reports, he's had a full week of practice again. So he should be in a place <clears throat> where he can start to be more effective. And then Richardson's been good for them all year. It's really, again, just about availability. And they spread them all around so much that nobody has really had, like uh, – even a game like Jared Wiley had a great game in, in week one against Colorado. And then he scored some touchdowns since then, but hasn't been as consistent as maybe we thought after that first week. Um, but even like Jalen Robinson against SMU, bro, I was like, man, Jalen had an outstanding game, which I think he played well, but he only had three catches. They just, they spread the ball around so much. They still haven't found the one player that they're going to feed week in and week out. And so we'll see if that changes at all. This week. So TCU Iowa State, chance to get to four and two. We'll have post-game show on Saturday night and then coverage all week long leading up to the BYU game. Win or lose, we're here. It's locked on Horn Frogs. It's your team every day. Appreciate you guys joining us this uh, morning, afternoon, whatever it is you're listening or watching to the show.